Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Theater Shove It. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm here again this week, although very delayed because I had some family in from out of town within the last week. But anyway, I'm back and I'm here to give you my thoughts on the latest movies playing in theaters and streaming on your TV. Also this week, Be Kind Rewind looks at the film you voted for. For our featured movies this week, a young boy goes on a search for his mother in The Boy and the Heron, a prison psychiatrist takes a girl down a dark path in Eileen, and the end of the world is near in Leave the World Behind. Let's get started. First up, when a young boy is forced to adjust to a new life, he takes a journey into a world unknown. This is The Boy and the Heron. What is this place? This world is filled with the dead. I know it's a lie, but I have to see. I'm looking for someone. Let's go. We must protect this world ourselves. Go back, now! Marshall! Marshall! You and I aren't friends or allies, kids. In director Hayao Miyazaki's epic film, 12-year-old Mahito Maki lives a life of sadness after his mother dies in a hospital fire in Tokyo. He is now living with an emotionally vacant father, Shoichi, who has moved on to a new woman named Natsuko, who happens to be pregnant. She also happens to be the sister of Mahito's mother. Mojito has recurring nightmares where he envisions the fire that killed his mother and he is unable to save her. His depression has elevated to the point where he harms himself by cutting his head with a rock. He soon meets a bird that tells him his mother is, in fact, alive and that his presence is requested. After Natsuko goes missing, he follows the heron to a deserted tower, which is the location where his great-granduncle was last seen before disappearing. It is at this tower that Mahito is brought into another dimension, a world filled with pelicans, vengeful parakeets, and small beings called Warawara. While in this world, Mahito faces multiple challenges that question his strength and ability to appreciate the life he is living. Will Mahito find his mother and escape the secret world? I give this film a... See it! This film was an enjoyable, visual sight. I will say the first 45 minutes were a tad bit slow in getting the story set up and going, but once Mojito entered the dream world, it was stunning. Usually when I go into anime movies, I expect a lot of action and storylines involving danger, etc. But this was a highly emotional film with a lot of depth to it. The messaging about finding the strength to get through a horrible ordeal was very deep, and it really brought out the motivations of the characters. I do think it's a film that could be very easy to kind of get lost along the way because some parts were a bit confusing, but it is released in both its native Japanese language as well as an English dub. I saw the Japanese version, but I'm wondering if the English dub would make it a little less confusing during those moments. Either way, it's a wonderful movie, and if you go see it, just know that you're going to get a little bit emotional, possibly, if you can relate to any of the themes within it. Next, a lonely prison secretary becomes intrigued when a mysterious psychiatrist arrives. This is Eileen. 
question does not pose for a young lady. You got a big life ahead of you, I'm sure. I'm just kind of average, I think. You really think you're a normal person? I bet you have brilliant dreams. Arlene, may I confide in you? People are so ashamed of their desires. I have my own ideas. Kind ideas? You can never tell anyone, do you understand? Promise me. Okay. Thomas and Mackenzie plays Eileen, a downtrodden secretary at a local juvenile detention facility. Her life is not one anyone would envy. She is treated poorly at work, is sexually repressed, and lives at home with her alcoholic father, whose drinking has gotten so bad he is in danger of dying. One day, the prison gets a new psychiatrist named Dr. Rebecca St. John, played by Academy Award winner Anne Hathaway. Eileen is immediately drawn to the beauty before her and is soon developing a friendship with her. Rebecca and Eileen spend their off time in a local bar, and suddenly Eileen begins to have a social purpose that has been missing in her life. However, Rebecca soon reveals a dark side that forces Eileen into a life of moral and ethical dilemmas. When I saw the trailer for this, I predicted it would be a see-it. And I give this film a... Mild see-it. This was one that, while I liked it, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. I thought it was a bit slow at times, and the storyline kind of felt unfinished, like there were missing pieces about some of these characters and their lives. Now, granted, I think that could have been intentional in establishing that the character Eileen was an unreliable narrator. This is based on the novel of the same name, and I believe a lot of that is also left unsaid um, in the book from what I've read. But that made it somewhat frustrating to watch because I wanted to see more interaction. It just seemed like it was slow moving for a while, and then the last half hour when things really picked up, the pace of it kind of just ended quickly. Mackenzie and Hathaway had wonderful chemistry with each other and played their roles to perfection. I just kind of wish that this was paced a little faster, but it's not a bad movie and something that you may want to watch when it comes to streaming services. Finally, a vacationing family encounters the end of the world. This is Leave the World Behind. We are seeing ongoing cyber attacks across the country. Something is happening, and I don't trust them. Everything I know, I have told you. I don't believe you. I would do anything to protect my family. What you do is your business. Oscar winner Julia Roberts and Oscar nominee Ethan Hawke play Amanda and Clay Sanford, an upper-class couple who are looking to escape the city for the weekend. So they rent a mansion on Long Island and take their children Rose and Archie, played by Farrah McKenzie and Charlie Evans. When they get there, things appear to be normal until they decide to go to the beach where a huge cargo ship crashes onto the beach and their cell service disappears. That night, there is a knock at the door, and on the other side is the home's owner, G.H. Scott, played by two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali. G.H. is with his daughter Ruth, played by Mahala. 
the two have returned from the city following a citywide blackout. Initially very resistant, due in part to her inherent racism, Amanda decides to make things as uncomfortable as she can for G.H. and Ruth. As time begins to pass, strange things begin to happen that begin to not only threaten the home's occupants, but the world itself. Will they be able to figure out what is going on before it is too late? When I saw the trailer for this, I predicted it would be a see-it, and I give this film a... I don't know. What in tarnation? I know on my Instagram, I gave it a mild see-it, but the more I sit with it, the less I like it, and I'm just really torn about it. Um, The storyline moved at such a snail's pace, and the payoff at the end was ridiculous. The way the movie ended is one of the worst endings I've seen all year, and it almost lost me, if I'm being honest. This was one that I really don't know if it's a see it or a shove it. Um, What saved it are the performances by the leads, as well as the cinematography. There are some shots and scenes that just look stunning, and I can only imagine what they would have looked like on a big screen had it been released nationally. But with that said, those are the only things that made it somewhat of a mild see-it. Full disclosure, I am not one who generally enjoys apocalyptic films. They can often be confusing, and this one is no exception. This one is also based on a novel, but the movie doesn't necessarily make me want to go and read it. I do wonder if the book ends the same way as the film does. Um, If you do decide to watch it, I warn you now that the ending will leave you very frustrated and confused. But if you're a fan of Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, and or Mahershala Ali, it's worth watching just for their performances alone. Without their work, this one definitely would have been a shove it. So that's it for this week's featured films. To recap, The Boy and the Heron is in theaters now and is a see it and is my pick of the week. Eileen is in theaters now and is a mild see-it, and Leave the World Behind is streaming on Netflix now, and i it's neither a see-it nor a shove-it. I, if I had to pick one, I would tend to lean more towards shove-it. Now, let's move on to the segment where I let you know the latest titles available for home viewing. It's time for Now Streaming. The hilarious film Bottoms is a raunchy tale of high school angst that was a hidden gem when it was released in the late summer. It is now streaming on MGM+, and to hear my full review, listen to episode 106. The Nicolas Cage action film The Retirement Plan was more enjoyable than I thought it would be, and will probably play even better on TV than it did in the theaters. It is streaming beginning tomorrow, Friday, December 15th, on Hulu. To hear my full review, listen to episode 108. And the summer blockbuster Barbie was a phenomenon this year and is surprisingly a lot deeper than the trailer presents it to be. I really loved it, especially considering I went into it thinking it was going to be a piece of junk. It begins streaming tomorrow, Friday, December 15th, on Max. And to hear my full review, listen to episode 96. Now it's time to find out which film from the past you voted for. This is Be Kind. Rewind. (laughs) 
continuing on my series where I take the 52-week movie challenge. This week's topic was a film centered around a religion, and your choices were The Last Temptation of Christ, Ben-Hur, and The Prince of Egypt. You voted, and it was a tie between Ben-Hur and The Prince of Egypt. And since I always cast the tie-breaking vote, I choose The Prince of Egypt. Rescued from a river. Come, Ramesses. We will show Pharaoh your new baby brother, Moses. <laughs> second long, second place. Not for long. Raised by royalty. You are not a prince of Egypt. What did you say? Everything I am is a lie. You are our son. I can't stay here any longer. Moses, please. Goodbye, brother. The truth gave him the courage to do the impossible. Set centuries ago in ancient Egypt, the Prince of Egypt tells the biblical story of Moses. It begins with Moses as a baby who has managed to be spared from execution after his mother decides to let God guide him. Found floating in a river by the queen, he is brought up as the Prince of Egypt, brother to the Pharaoh's son Ramses. Over time, the brothers take different life journeys, with Moses finding out his true heritage as a Hebrew and discarding the Egyptian way of life, and Ramses now ruling the Hebrews like a dictator. Moses feels that he's been called upon to lead his people out of Egyptian slavery across the desert in order to discover the Promised Land. The film marked the animated debut for DreamWorks Studio. While chairman at Disney, producer Jeffrey Katzenberg had wanted to do an animated version of the Ten Commandments, pitching the idea to then-Disney CEO Michael Eisner, who was not very receptive to the idea. When Katzenberg created his own studio, DreamWorks SKG, with Steven Spielberg and David Geffen, Katzenberg again pitched the idea, this time getting a far better reception. To make the film, Katzenberg consulted with approximately 600 religious experts in an effort to make the film accurate and faithful. It ended up being very well received by the religious community when it was released. The film features the voice work of big stars such as Ray Fiennes, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sandra Bullock, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Helen Mirren, Danny Glover, and Jeff Goldblum. Rounding out the cast is Val Kilmer as Moses. Kilmer would also provide the voice of God. The filmmakers were looking to avoid controversy in casting the role of God by having each of the top-billed actors whisper the lines and blending them together into one. However, when that proved to not be all that good, Kilmer ended up being the primary voice of God, implying that God's voice was within oneself. So it would make sense that God's voice would sound like his. It is the first animated movie to be co-directed by a woman. That honor went to Brenda Chapman, a director with whom Katzenberg had previously collaborated with while at Disney. The film was released on December 18, 1998, and at the time was the most expensive non-Disney animated film ever made with a budget of $60 million. It opened second at the box office behind the Tom Hanks-Meg Ryan romantic comedy You've Got Mail. Despite a somewhat disappointing opening... The film played very well during the holiday season and ended up earning $218.6 million at the box office. It would end up being nominated for two Academy Awards for Best Original Musical or Comedy Score, as well as Best Original Song for the Whitney Houston Mariah Carey duet, When You Believe. That song would end up winning its category. To this day, the film is still banned in Malaysia, the Maldives, and Egypt. 
The Prince of Egypt is available to stream on Peacock. Next week's Be Kind Rewind topic is a film that I can personally relate to. Your choices are As Good As It Gets, Dangerous Minds, or The Mirror Has Two Faces. Come to my Instagram at theatershoveit to vote for which film I should focus on, and the post with the most likes will be next week's segment. So that wraps up this week's episode of Theater Shove It. Thank you so much for listening. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month. And while you're at it, share my podcast with your movie and TV-loving friends and family. You could drop me a line at theatershoveit at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram and Letterboxd at theatershoveit and rate me wherever you get your podcast. Come back next week to hear reviews of the latest releases, including the musical Wonka, which I just walked out of about an hour and a half ago. And let me tell you, I was shocked at my reception to it. You can go to Instagram and find out what I thought before listening to next week's episode. Anyway, that's it for this week. Don't forget you can listen to the special season streamings episode that I released earlier this week, which talks about the latest holiday movies that have been released on streaming services. And I will catch you all again next week. Have a great weekend, everyone. This episode of Theater Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida, and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.